Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome back to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders taking his Steelers Afternoon Drive. Alan, what's going on? We talk a lot about the song, but we don't talk enough about how good Brandon Rossi's voiceover is there. Like, it is time yeah. to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel, I feel it. I feel it. Well, I, ha- I, have an- I have another idea now for when we hit a subscriber count. We can give the people all the different variations that we have of <laughs> Brandon Rossi's voice. Can. I don't know if anybody <laughs> cares about that. Maybe we could give away a Brandon Rossi voiceover. Wow. Like, like oh. Get him to voice something over for someone else. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I like it. I like it. Alan, it is. Uh, we need to have Brandon thing. on also because he's great. I mean, yeah. Could you imagine just like a, a in-person version of him doing the intro for us? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, it is Thursday, which means you know how I want to open the show. I got to ask you about what you talked to Matt Canada about because the well, coordinators. Look, I'm sorry, Thursdays. it is Thursday, and those coordinators. But I have breaking news that I okay. must interrupt. This is uh, to steal a phrase from Jason Kelsey. New news. I have not even told Smitty this yet. You are all finding out at the same time. So I'm in the Steelers locker room to get today. I'm trying to talk to Quan Alexander. Uh, Quan Alexander's locker is right next to Landon Roberts. Juan says, yeah, I'll be right back. I got to go get a shirt on or something like that. So he leaves. I'm standing there. And Landon Roberts comes up to me and he says, how come you didn't tell me you have a podcast? And I go, oh, man. Oh, man. I, 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 
I don't even know what I said, but in my mind, I'm like, because I didn't think you'd care. Uh, and he's like, well, when are you going to have me on? And I'm like, I mean, the schedule might be a little difficult in season, but we'll figure something out. So, Landon Roberts is a Steelers afternoon drive. I don't know if he's a listener. He's at least aware of the existence of Steelers afternoon drive and would like yeah. to be on. So, I can stop teasing Chris Carter now, and then we'll just say every week – Maybe I'll have a Landon Roberts on instead. It's way better. Sorry, Chris, you've been demoted to uh, to just regular guest as opposed to uh, the object of my my tease desires. So there you go. I love it. Well, if he happens to come across this episode, shout out to E Rob. <laughs> um, By the way, e -Rob he's great. All three of those guys, like the Steelers. Like, uh -huh. you know, veteran guys came in the locker room. They're new. I didn't know them at all before the season. Seriously great dudes to, like, talk ball with, uh, just to, to BS with. Uh, awesome guys. So I have a feeling E-Rob would be a really good podcast guest. I get that vibe, for sure, from, like, that entire room that they are just good dudes. So that's good to know that that's the case as well. So Landon Roberts knows the podcast exists, and Cam Hayward replied to me on X about my – calling Terrell Edmonds out for being at a pirate game, even though he said that Phillies game was the first baseball game he was at. So Cam go. Hayward, there we go. Look at this exposure that we're getting on Steelers afternoon drive all of a sudden. Anyways, Alan, we're going way off topic here. I want to know what Matt Canada said today. Uh, very little. I mean, it's, There's a shot. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard when you've already had one of these since the last game. There's not nothing new to talk about really. Um, but he did kind of talk about, um, you know, uh, talk about getting Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth back and what those guys mean to the offense, which is kind of obvious. Um, and it does seem like those guys are going to play. There's video on the YouTube channel here. If you scroll up one, if you're watching on YouTube, of those guys working in practice, and they look good to go. So I think, uh, you know, you should uh, expect to see 88 and 18 in the lineup. That's obviously good news. Um, other than that, not a lot of news from Matt Canada, but I did have two things I wanted to talk to him about, and we're going to bring those to you guys here. Um, the first one was actually the second one chronologically in the – no, maybe it wasn't the first one. Yeah, first one. Kenny Pickett. So I had a thread on, on X uh, the other night about how uh, I felt like, like – it was Monday night after uh, Justin Herbert was unable to complete a fourth-quarter comeback for the mm -hmm. L.A. Chargers. I kind of said, like, man, I'm not crazy or, like, what – I I feel like I would trust Kenny Pickett in that circumstance more. Like, he's not a better quarterback. But, like, I have, uh, like, total faith in his – like, if the Steelers get into a position where they are down one score in the fourth quarter and they get Kenny Pickett the ball, I feel like they win the game way more than they deserve to considering how good their offense is generally. Um, I've now done some research and not just tweeting in the middle of the night. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that premise, first of all? I feel like that's what we've talked about. Um, you know, like it's more about how can you get that version of Kenny for the first, you know, 55-ish minutes and not just the last five. But like, you know that in those moments with the ball in his hand, you can trust him to not make that big mistake. He's going to go down and get you points, whether it's you need a field goal or a touchdown. You're going to get what you need from him down the stretch. It's really that's why, like Tyler and I have this discussion all the time. It's why you can't be fully in or fully out is because of those glimpses of what he does down the stretch. Like he's developed what I believe, at least, is the hardest part 
for a quarterback to develop in the NFL, which is their ability to, you know, to play in those moments. That doesn't come for everybody ever, let alone a guy as, you know, new into the league as he is. That's so, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to over, you're asking me over Herbert though, or just in general, Kenny in that. Maybe both, maybe both. See, the Herbert one is tough just because for me, like the Chargers always seem to be in that situation. So like the quantity is like they're asking him to do that all the time. So if he doesn't one time out of like six, you know, I think it's that one time that gets talked about more. Because um, if you look, he has like since he came into the league, the third most fourth quarter game winning drives or something like that. So like it's just the number, the number that he's always put into that spot. They've also only lost. This is only the fourth time they've lost a game. Uh, where they where they gave up less than 28 points since he became their starting quarterback. So like typically he's scoring, you know, at least 28 points in their winning football games or, you know, the defense is just giving up that many. So I don't know. It's tough. I definitely trust Kenny in that situation over Justin Herbert. I don't know. Well, let me, I've now that I've done some research, okay. let me tell you that uh, per start, Kenny Pickett has a higher percentage of fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drives than Justin Herbert. And he also has a higher percentage of game-winning drives per opportunity. Kenny Pickett has had eight chances to win a game for his team in the fourth quarter. He's won five of those eight. A sixth, his defense won for him before, well before the end of the game, like where he, he would have had more chances, but you can't come back anymore once your defense gives you the lead, right? Mm. So, like, yeah. Basically, six of eight, 75%. So I found, actually, thanks to a follower on X, um, a, a study done in after the 2022 season, the highest percentage in NFL history is Tom Brady at, like, 52%. And Kenny Pickett is running at, like, 63 right now. Like, yeah. that's absurd. Um that's really good. Like there can't, and that's why you're totally dead on with your point that like you can't be all the way out and in. You can't be a bad quarterback and lead your team to five of eight potential game-winning drives or your fourth quarter comebacks. Like that's not possible. You can't be bad and and do that, right? Like it's just not a thing. There has yeah. to be skill and talent involved at a pretty high level they just have to figure out a way to get that unlocked on a more consistent basis earlier in games and i don't know what the answer to that is i asked my candidate about this if he knows the answer he sure didn't tell me uh gave me a bunch of words yeah. but not really any answers um but yeah man it's uh it is very interesting like how much of this goes back to the conversation again with as frustrating as the offense is as bad as it is what really you and i can't seem to get over is their opening scripts how they come out and start games i mean I, we know that kenny's not a guy that lacks confidence but like if you were to start out well imagine what that could do if they can find a way to start out faster like that to me is the answer they've got to start faster and you know i think when you're losing in the fourth quarter, running the ball is not really part of the equation. I did struggle to run the ball. Like, it's not just Kenny Pickett. 
Like mm-hmm. they're a better. I mean, even like look at the 49ers game. They didn't do anything on the offense that game the entire game, except for the two minute drill. That was the only thing they did in that entire game that they did well. Like, right. It's it, it feels like this is a team that like wanted to be a running team. I think in general just wants to be a running team from the top down always. Um, but specifically like made a bunch of moves to be a running team this offseason when they added mm-hmm. Isaac Samalu, they drafted Brother Jones, they drafted Donald Washington, they brought in a, a great blocking wide receiver in Allen Robinson. Like we talked all offseason about how this team was gonna be able to run the ball better, and they're not. And in fact, like they operate better as an offense when you take the running game away from them. When the game situation dictates that they can't run the ball, they're actually better. Uh, which again tells me the problem is not all number eight. Uh, there's there's a lot going on here that makes me feel like we have not seen anything near his ceiling yet. Would, would you agree with that? I. I would agree, and I certainly hope so as well. I, I I don't obviously have the answer to unlocking whatever that is. Otherwise, you know, I'd be feeding information to the Steelers' offensive staff right now. But um, I certainly think that there's more in there than what we've seen, and I would I would like to believe so. And it, you talked about the running game too. The amount of resources that they've poured into that since 2021, when they drafted Najee Harris in the first round, and it not been even league average it's very hard to fathom like even but you look at the second half of last year where they did start to do some things on the ground like what really has changed from that point to now i don't know i think that's one of the big mysteries of this season they were not able to carry over that success from the end of 2022 into 2023 in terms of running the ball um despite having what should be better offensive linemen um Mm -hmm. I, I really don't understand it. I mean, I, I do think there are teams that have game planned a bit to stop their run. There's also been some games where they just got out of the run pretty early. But, man, like they've just been – there has not been a single situation where they've been good at running the football this year. And I, I don't think that's something anyone predicted based on the amount of attention they paid to the running game this offseason. Yeah. Well, Alan, it is a copycat league, and, and this isn't the way that you would expect it to go, but maybe all NFL offense are just copying the Steelers and not storing points because I want to bring up so – I'm obviously joking. I want to bring up some statistics lead-wide with offense being down, defense being up, um, and just see you know where the Steelers factor into all of this as well. So fewest points per game since 2010 at 20.5, 10% explosive play rate is the lowest it's been since 2000. 41.2 offensive success rate and a 43% uh, passing success rate, which are both the lowest or third lowest since 2000. Total EPA and EPA per play are their lowest since 2000. Quarterbacks have touchdowns on just 3.9% of their pass attempts and 6.9 yards per attempt, which are both the lowest since 2008. Uh, first down on 31.4% of their dropbacks, lowest since 2003. Offenses are scoring in the red zone a touchdown just 53% of the time, which is the lowest since 2012. When you look at some of the defensive stuff here, defense is running man defense, man cover defense, uh, 10% lower than they have uh, since 2009. That's continued to drop. 
in 107 pass rushers have a pressure rate of 10% or higher this year, which is 21 more than a year ago at this point. Offense is down, defense is up. Why is that the case? Yeah, I think there's not like an obvious one answer to this question. I think a big part of it is just a real paucity of strong quarterback play. Like it is just not yeah. Like there are there are not very many good quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And I think there are a lot of teams that are, you know, you kind of get into this um mode where you don't want to be stuck an average, right? So I think mm-hmm. you see a lot of teams like like I, I liked C.J. Stroud better than Bryce Young as a prospect coming out of college, but like, should Bryce Young be playing right now? Like, 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 like we've seen over time that like the idea is like you should not like throw these guys in and like let them. Like, that's not the best way to do it. But there's no patience. Um, there's no, and, and nobody wants to be average. Like, if you could play. If you could go get a veteran quarterback, like if the Panthers had kept Baker Mayfield, it would be seven and nine this year, seven and ten this year, instead of being awful with Bryce Young. They just get a worse. There's no incentive to be five games better, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, like well, they don't even have their first round pick either. Like, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's true. So like, I, I just, I, I feel like there's this. Um, everybody wants to play the rookies right away. Nobody wants to be average. Uh, it's like it's all or nothing approach, and when you have all these teams with an all or nothing approach, you're going to end up with a lot of nothing. Like there's just a lot of bad quarterbacks out there, and I think that's part of it. I think defenses. Um, there was a really good quote that I saw from a podcast um, from a former Patriots DB, and now who it was is escaping me. Who basically said like when they changed. You know, when they tightened up pass interference rules uh, in the 2000s and, and changed some of the things in terms of, you know, not being able to get away with losing contact downfield and, and things like that, um, it really hurt the defensive backs that had grown up playing a different way. And that now you have a generation of defensive backs that have grown up playing this way and mm-hmm. they're more adapted to the rules climate than – guys who were maybe just as good athletes but were dealing with changes uh, at the pro level were, you know, five or ten years ago. I think that's an interesting theory. I don't know if there's anything behind it. Um, But, like, I I know everybody wants a great quarterback, but there are just not very many. And, you know, instead of playing above-average veterans for years on end like teams would before – Teams are just throwing them away. Like, nobody wants Baker Mayfield. Nobody wants Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody wants, you know, those guys to just be above average. They want to just throw them away and swing for the fences on some high upside young guy. And very much like baseball, you end up with a lot of strikeouts when you swing for the fences a whole lot. And I think that's what we're seeing at the yeah. quarterback position. Um, but it, you know, one of the things I hope that we can provide on this show is a bit of a global perspective. I feel like one of the things I've learned 
about the Steelers fan base is that there are a lot of Steelers fans that are not necessarily people that watch a lot of the NFL in general. There are a lot of people that watch the Steelers and the Steelers only. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of angst in the Steelers fan base right now, but like, go look at the league. If you're not a fan of the San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, or Miami Dolphins, are you happy with your team right now? Yeah, probably not. No, like 28 out of 32 are all feeling mm-hmm. like, what the heck? Including, like, really good teams like Cincinnati and Buffalo, right? Where, like, they should be probably, but they're still not. Like, they I mean, it, the conversation's gotten pretty loud about Mike McCarthy and Dallas coming off of a win that they just had against the Chargers. I mean, and they're four yeah. and two. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. To your point about QB play, I wanted to bring up too. Like, it's guys guys that we've seen play really well. Like, even going back to last year, like guys that you would think could be in the MVP conversation. Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, obviously didn't get off to the best start this year as well. Like, those guys haven't played well, and I think that that's that's part of the, this equation too. Is like guys that you expect to be playing at an MVP level just really haven't been that. I mean, even, and I, I know that he doesn't have necessarily the same supporting cast. I don't think Patrick Mahomes has looked the same. Like, like quarterback play around the league. Josh Allen, yeah. Like, his highs have been high, but, like, look at that game and against honestly, the Giants he just had. If you go look at all those offensive numbers you just brought up, you know, mm-hmm. they're all bad, right? And really, if you think about it, you have one offense that is humming at a historic level. Where do the league scoring numbers <laughs> go if the Miami Dolphins are just simply good instead of the best offense we've ever seen in NFL history? Like, yeah, you have one team that's doing something so against the grain of where everybody else is that it's actually like it's not telling the whole story about how bad most of the NFL offenses are because the Dolphins are propping the whole darn league up. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, – I, did you throw the Lions in there as well for teams that are – or fans that are probably happy with their yeah, team? Yeah, I guess the Lions are probably feeling pretty good about themselves, yeah. Yeah. They're a they're team that had maybe, good. like, not as high of expectations, so they're mm-hmm. – you know. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, very, very few. Very few. So, I, I – Still, though, you know, we're talking about the Steelers. This isn't just a this-year thing for the Steelers. This has been a couple years. So, like – this conversation, where do you think the Steelers kind of fall in line with these trends and, and, and things like how do they play into this entire conversation? I think the Steelers want to win with the running game and their defense and to have a quarterback and a passing offense that is good enough. Uh, when Mike Tomlin like throws aside a stat and says, we don't care, we just want to win, like, I really like they mean that. Like that, and, and it's not to sure, say yeah. that those stats don't matter. It's just that they only matter when they're a means to an end. And it's like, I think the Steelers operate in a world where if they didn't ever have to pass the ball, they would be okay with that. Like they want to run and they want to play defense, and they can do those things complementary in theory. The execution has been more difficult. I mean, that, we've talked about this. But that's why you get a Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator. Like that, he it was a running. It's a running offense. Like that, the passing schemes are not, and have not ever been great. Like the run creativity is is what he made his name on. 
And so um, I think there's, you know, I, I think I think their plan is lower risk than what a lot of other teams are trying. And I think mm-hmm. it's easier to be more consistent. I do think you run the risk of sort of eternally being good, but never great. Um, Where like you could have a good offense, but never one that was good enough to beat a team like the chiefs or the bills or the Bengals or the dolphins when they're sort of at the peak of their powers. Um, I think you saw a little bit of that with the Steelers in their last wave, you know, where they had those years where they were good, but nowhere near as good as the Patriots. Right. I mean, that, that was a thing. And Mm -hmm. so I I think that's a trade-off that they're willing to make. I think when you have a large dedicated, passionate fan base, I think the Steelers feel like they owe it to them to be able to compete every year that like, big risk reward gambles are not worth taking because you have 70,000 people that want to see you win every week. And taking care of that is more important than maybe putting yourself in the absolute best possible position to win a Super Bowl down the road. Yeah. I just don't think they're a team that is ever going to be willing to accept the idea of taking a step back to take a step forward. I, I just don't think that's, that's ever going to be okay for them. Yeah. No, I, I, and I think that's an interesting conversation, you know, I mean, we've, we've, we've had it several times. Tyler and I have talked about it on around the four, one, two, like, how do you, how do you balance that? You know, trying to stay competitive, but also know that you have to reach another level. Like there's a, there's a level from being where they are as like a fringe playoff team to get into the playoffs to being a Super Bowl contender. Like there's a, there's levels to this and how do you get to that level? Like, do you think the way that the Steelers play football, even if ideally that is the way they want to win games and they can win, you know, 10 or so games doing so, can they compete within that other upper echelon with the way that they play? Yeah. I mean, they have, so it's hard to say that they can't, right? I mean, the game plan is basically the same as it's been since Chuck Noll was the head coach. And it's worked, and it's worked across generations. And so it's hard to say that it can't work now, especially when we're talking about a league with, you know, yeah. I, I really think the lesson here is that the Steelers are kind of right, that, you know, that they're better off this way than chasing what the Dolphins have or what the Bengals had or what the Chiefs had, you know, I, I think they feel that this, that their way is better and that, you know, and look, we talk about things academically, the NFL playoffs are basically a crapshoot. Like it's single game elimination. You're talking about two or three results between one and done and, and a championship. Really anything can happen. You've just got to get in and give yourself a shot. And, um, you know, the Steelers have won a Super Bowl as a wild as a road wild card team. Like it's not like that can't happen. Um, you just have to get yourself in a position to be able to be there as often as possible. I think that's the thing that if yeah. you look at 
what they've done over the last five years that's sort of fallen short right is that you know like people get up in arms about like oh they won a playoff game it's like that's not the that's not the thing that matters the the thing that matters is too many years where they missed the playoffs like it doesn't matter if you don't want to play. And also, like, the one, the one year in there, it cracks me up, like, the one year in there they won the division and got a bye. So would you feel better about the Steelers if they had played two games worse in the regular season, gone to a wild card game, won it, and then lost exactly the same game in the divisional round? Like, would anybody feel better about that right now if that had been like, oh, they won a playoff game, woo Like, I, it doesn't yep. make sense. Like, um, what does make sense is, if you're going to be this consistent team, if you're going to be a team that is not uh, willing to take a step back, step back and chase greatness, then you have to make the playoffs almost every year. Obviously, years where Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt, you're not going to make the playoffs. Okay, like the, I mean, the, the fact that they came close was incredible, but you got to find a way to make the playoffs more often than they have in this stretch where they haven't won a playoff game. That's how you win more of them. It's not win the playoff games. Playoff games are, are random and unpredictable. You've got a you're you're playing scratch off tickets, man. You, you feel better about your chances if you're holding five or holding ten. Like, there's not not to say there isn't skill to winning a playoff game, but it's all the same skills that it takes to get there. Like, you just got to give yourself more chances, and I, I really think that is probably the correct approach for a team like the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um... I also wanted to talk about, so we, we've talked about, you know, the conversation with Kenny and how you get him to play better in the fourth quarter. You talked to Canada today. Was there anything else that came out of that conversation? Um, especially, you know, now talking about kind of bringing the conversation full circle now talking about, you know, how offenses are down in the league and stuff like that. Yeah. So I asked Matt Canada, you know, if you're familiar with Canada's history, he was kind of the, I don't want to say innovator. It's not like he invented jet sweep, but he is the, the person that made the jet sweep as a like repeatable tactic and a core tenant of a team's offense. Uh, he is really the guy that turned that into a thing back in his college days at Wisconsin, North Carolina state and Pitt and then LSU and then Maryland and now in the NFL. But he was really the guy that was ahead of the curve in that. And, you know, when you look at a jet sweep, you know, really what it is, what it's introducing to the scheme that is unique, or that was unique, was at snap motion. You know, not like the receiver goes in motion, stops, and then you snap the ball. It was snapping the ball with a receiver in motion. That's the thing that made the jet sweep good for Canada in college, and it's what made other teams want to copy it because it puts a lot of stress on the defense. And Canada kind of, was kind of that guy. Like, he was way ahead of the curve on that as a college offense coordinator. And if you look at the Miami Dolphins right now, they're in a whole different planet. The Dolphins are running at snap motion with Ty- – mostly with Tyreek Hill, but not exclusively with Tyreek Hill. But they're running at snap motion like 62% of the time. The Steelers, who are like an above average at snap motion NFL team, are doing it like 15 or 19 or something like that. Like – it's an insane amount of motion that the Dolphins are adding to the table and mostly mm-hmm. with the fastest guy in the universe in Tyree Kill. So, like, it, it really uh, emphasizes the effect, right, when you're doing it with a guy like that. So I kind of went to Canada today, and I also talked to Calvin Austin, who 
probably the closest thing to a Tyree kill the Steelers have. Yeah. And said, well, look, this is the best offense in the NFL. They're doing this thing that you guys have a history of liking to do anyway. So what the heck? Why not do it every play? Like, uh, sort of facetiously, but not, but not totally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, two really good answers uh, from, from Matt and from, from Calvin. Canada basically said, like, you're going to see people copy that. And it's about what you want to do as an offense. You can't do everything, basically. It's like, if we want to focus on play action, which is another thing people have said still need to do, then yeah. it's probably not really relevant, right? Like, it's, it's about what you want to focus on as an offense. And so his kind of saying there is, like, having 60% at snap motion, we don't feel like for us is going to be some kind of priority. But uh, Calvin Austin did say that they are working on it and they've done you know, not just the jet. So in a jet motion, the receiver is supposed to mesh with the quarterback immediately after the snap uh, to be available for a jet or a pop pass to make the linebackers flow in the direction of the jet motion. What the Dolphins have done is instead of just jet motion, they're also like running Tyreek Hill out of the formation towards the sideline before the snap mm-hmm. too, to just get him a free release and to make the outside defenders switch their coverages on the fly. You know, if you're in zone coverage, uh, you know, you have a one, two, three, like outside guy, inside guy, in man coverage, same thing. Um, but zone coverage is really important. Well, one, one, two, three. And, if he's crossing another receiver, becoming the two instead of the three, like right at the snap, the defense needs to be aware of who's making the change there. Am I staying with my guy? Are we switching? And, you know, you're, you're putting a guy – if you're switching, then that means that this guy is now flat-footed trying to cover a Tyree Kill who's already running at full speed. Like, that's extremely difficult. And so it, it, it puts a lot of stress on defenses. So, and and it, the other thing is, Tyreek Hill's a very small guy. Calvin Austin's a very small guy. He says the big thing for him is can't jam me. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. There's just no way that you can put your hands on a guy that fast running at full speed at the snap. So why aren't they doing it? Why aren't they, And why isn't everyone looking at what the Dolphins are doing and saying, hey, we can copy this? And basically what it comes down to is, Calvin Austin said, the timing – is really, really difficult because in order to get those conflicts, you need to snap the ball right where Hill is creating a conflict, right? If you wait until he's already outside the formation, he's going to have to slow down because he's going to run out of bounds or he's going to have to turn forward and it's going to be a false start. Like, And he's like, those guys have been working on that since May and we're all catching up. <laughs> you know, like, like if we ran it, if we tried to run it every play, we'd either it wouldn't work or we'd get a million penalties. Like we're like, we're getting it and we're working on it, but it is really difficult to get the timing down. The timing is everything, and that is why what the Dolphins are doing is not just so simple that every team can do it. And in fact, I believe you saw if you watched the game between the Giants and the Bills, the Giants tried it like four or five times and had multiple penalties doing it where they had a false start. uh, They had an illegal shift penalty and they had another one where their tackle wasn't ready for the snap. 
And so, like, they give up a sack because the ball mm-hmm. was snapped on time with the receiver, but the tackle wasn't ready for it yet, and his, his defender blows by him up the field and, and gets an easy sack. So, football is, as we've talked before here, is always a balance between strategy, tactics, and doing what you do well. I feel like the Dolphins have synergy in that area right now where, like, what is doing a good job of attacking other defenses is also something that they've been working on for a long time, fits their personnel, and they do it really well. Uh, And if you try to do it not well, you're not going to get the same results. Yeah, super impressive what they've done there. And to, speaking of the personnel, uh, Devin Achan is hurt right now, but between him, Mostert, Waddle, and Hill, I mean, they have four of the maybe 10 fastest guys in the NFL lead-wide, so when you have that type of personnel to be able to run that stuff too. I mean, like, yeah, Calvin Austin, very fast, but Anthony McFarlane's got some speed. Like, I don't know if the Steelers have the personnel to be able to do exactly what Miami's doing anyway, even if they do hit on all cylinders. Yeah, probably not. I don't think, does anybody? No. Right? Like, maybe the no. Eagles? I, I don't know, like, that's the only other team that kind of comes to mind. You know what was funny was uh, the Titans tried to do some different stuff in London. again, And they the one, like, they ran a fake jet, actually direct snap from Henry, where he faked it to Tajay Spears and then ran, like, 60 yards himself. That was the only time that they were successful doing it. But, like, especially when uh, Malik Willis came in and they weren't throwing the ball, they were doing some different stuff. And, that yeah, they took two penalties. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Not e- it's not easy to just put that kind of stuff in and execute it at a high level. You can run a play, you know, like, if you see a play and it's like, oh, they're in shotgun and they ran this guy this way and this guy this way, it's like, oh, we can steal that play. Let's go put it in right now. This is mm-hmm. different than just grabbing a play and putting it in your playbook. This is a whole different technique that has to be taught and mastered by 11 guys in coordination, and that's really difficult. Yeah. Really good conversation today, incorporating some stuff lead-wide as well and bringing it right back to how it affects the Steelers. But, Alan, you tell the people where they can find you. At A. Saunders underscore PGH on X, at PGH Steelers now, SteelersNow.com. Go read the words. That's how I get paid. Sign up for Steelers Now Plus. Promo code Allen10 gets you a 10% off. Allegedly, maybe more. I don't know. I'm not going to check. <laughs> Just go see for yourself. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's it. All right. I am Zachary Smith, PGH on all platforms. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment. If you were listening somewhere else, leave us a five-star review, all that good stuff. Alan, are you going to be, are you going to the game, LA for the game? I am going to LA for the game. Okay. So will you be here tomorrow? I will be here tomorrow. Okay. All right. I didn't know if we were getting a fair ball Friday, if it was going to be a I don't know what to call it when you're here on a Friday, to be honest. We got to come up with Friday. it. Yeah, it's just, Friday. it's just Friday. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe there we we'll go. Give out a ball knower of the week award. Okay. Uh, there we go. Friday. So there you go. More, in- more incentive. Keep the comments coming for this episode. We'll pick a ball knower of the week uh, for this past week. A lot of people were commenting about uh, C- CC is what people call Chris. Fans of his. He's got an entire fan club. They were very excited to see him on here during yesterday's episode. So. All right, well, we'll, maybe, we'll, get, we'll, we'll maybe, get the E-Rob maybe. fan club in here, too. You know, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, for Alan Saunders, I'm Zachary Smith. Thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers afternoon. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. 
Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right. 